Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Today is Sunday, August 30th, 2015, and we certainly hope that you enjoyed episode 16 of the Frugal Snobs podcast last week. We just released uh, that episode on August 29th, and as of this morning, uh, we actually had a lot of traction on it and a decent number of downloads. So the movement is growing, folks, and we thought, as part of episode 17, to kick off the show, we would bring you our first QDR, that's Quick Drink Review, um, and we've decided to review the Midas Touch from Dogfish Head, and I've invited Christina, our producer of this show, as a guest to provide some more insight for this QDR. So, Christina, you're having the Midas Touch, correct? Correct. Okay. So, you're having it in a chalice, mm-hmm. right? Would you serve it really cold? It seems like when I tasted it, it was pretty cold, probably about 40 degrees. That's, that's actually the colder the better with this one. Okay. Um, would you say um, taste in the mouth? What would you say? It has a sweet honeyish taste mm-hmm. but then the there is a lingering alcoholic essence so basically you have a little bit of the tang from the alcohol left over yes okay and you have a nice sweet pungenty honey savory taste Correct. foretaste okay and what's the abv on this it is a nine percent wow okay so everybody limit and enjoy responsibly i always say that so nine percent abv um color what color? It is a light golden color. Okay, a very light golden color. With almost no head. Okay, so if you wanted to enjoy this particular beer, what would you have it with? I would have it with a meringue pie, like a lemon meringue or possibly key lime pie. You stole that. You stole... <laughs> Everybody... Okay, so Christine and I often, you know, discuss different kind of items to have with our, with our, with our drinks, including beers. I moved to Northern Virginia from Florida, and I mentioned we should have this particular beer with a key lime pie. So she stole that from me, everybody. So I, 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 I wanted to steal that back. Key lime pie would be very good with this beer because it has a nice pungenty foretaste, but a nice tangy aftertaste, very similar to the beer itself. And from a star rating, what would you give this, Christina? I would give it a solid 3.5, maybe 4, if the alcoholic wasn't quite such a strong pungenty aftertaste. So if you rolled back the aftertaste a little bit, you would, would give a it a 4. four. Um, but as of right now, by itself as a standalone, you'd say a 3.5? Yes. All right, well, you heard it here, folks. So, again, the Midas Touch from Dogfish Head Brewing, um, 3.5 to a 4 out of 5 as a snob rating. And, again, as always, be well, never pay retail. We hope you enjoy episode 17. And, as always, take care, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, everybody, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Today is Saturday, September 5th, 2015, and this is our first quick drink review for the Frugal Snobs. And we are actually enjoying the Labor Day weekend at Cap City Brewing. I brought Christina with me, my producer. Say hello, Christina. Hello. All right, so we've been to Cap City a few times here, and earlier today, I must admit, folks, I was actually looking forward to this trip to Cap City. Earlier today, we decided to go bowling, and I actually consumed a Bud Light. I know, horrible, I'm sorry. For those of you out there that enjoy commercial beers, it just didn't work for me. The Bud Light did not work, so I'm very much looking forward um, to finishing my So Over It IPA, which I just started here at Cab City. 5.8% ABV, 66 IBUs. Not too terribly bad. Strong foretaste, soft aftertaste. So for those of you that are into IPAs, I would say this is a nice intro IPA for some folks. For a seasoned IPA consumer like myself or enthusiast, I would say this is probably a moderate IPA, but I would definitely enjoy with food. We're going to enjoy a Hawaiian pizza here at the bar in a few minutes. And so what are you having, Christina? I'm having a Florida gingerbread beer de gaz. Nice pronunciation. So what's your ABV on this particular seasonal? 7.4. Very nice. And your IBU count? 30. Excellent. So would you say it has a strong foretaste, soft aftertaste? I would say that. It's very rich and chocolatey. More of like a candy-like beer. So it has more like a malty chocolate taste? Yes. Okay. Would you serve it really cold? 
Yes, I would say between 40 to 45 degrees. Very nice. And would you enjoy it as a standalone or with food? I would do with food due to the ABV count. Okay. Now I'm going to give this a four, four and a half out of five stars for its operating. And, and I would say for my silver IPA, four, four and a half stars. What would you give your uh, particular seasonal? I would do the same four and a half. It's really, really good. Can't taste the alcohol, so well, just be careful. 7.4% ABV. I don't think you can taste much after a while. So you heard it here, folks. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here and finish our brews here at Calf City. Uh, again, I hope everyone enjoys episode 17 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend. Consume responsibly, and as always, be well. Never pay retail, and we'll see you down the road. Enjoy episode 17, everybody. Hey everybody, this is Justin from frugalsnobs.com. Today is Saturday, September the 5th, 2015. I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 17 of the Frugal Snobs podcast, this on-demand audio award-winning experience that's never won an award, but that could all change, as I like to say. Um, for those of you who have listened to the opening of the show, I've spent some time today at Cap City Brewing, that's Capital City Brewing, in Shirlington, which is actually in Arlington, Virginia. I had a really nice quick drink review, uh, so go check that out. Um, I believe it is at the open of this show. So let's go ahead and kick it off this week with um, episode 17. So I'd like to thank everyone who is joining us, um, either through subscribing through our feed uh, or through, of course, consuming this podcast through iTunes for absolutely free or through Stitcher. And, of course, I'm going to go ahead and give the standard plugs here. You can find us online at frugalsnobs.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frugalsnobs, on Twitter at twitter.com slash frugalsnobs, or at frugalsnobs, of course. And you can also keep the discussions rolling by using the hashtag frugalsnobs um, keyword, basically, to trend our discussion, keep the discussion going. You can also find us on Tumblr at frugalsnobs.tumblr.com. You can get a really nice album of all the images that we're posting for our daily content as well. So go check us out. And, of course, as always, you can subscribe to this show each and every single week by simply consuming the show through our, our RSS-based uh, podcast feed or, of course, through using uh, iTunes or Stitcher for absolutely free. And to help us out, as part of the demographics, I do encourage everyone to go and take the PodTrack survey. You can find that at frugalsnobs.com. On the podcast page, simply go to frugalsnobs.com, click on Podcast. You'll find a link there to give about 5 to 10 minutes of your time to help us out to collect demographic data about this show so that we can, of course, uh, target our content and also any ad copy that we'd like to add in terms of advertisers for this show um, to our arsenal. So again, your demographic uh, database on your responses to the survey helps us out. Now, another way you can help us out, of course, as I have mentioned in previous episodes, and I'll continue uh, to mention it here, is through using Amazon. So um, now many of you out there have an Amazon Prime or standard account, and you do many of your uh, tasks in terms of your shopping on Amazon. So in the process, why not help us out and help us uh, collect some additional uh, revenue to help cover production costs of this show. Production costs are not free. So to help us out, uh, you can simply go to frugalsnobs.com, use the Amazon widget that you'll find on the homepage to search for your product. Click on your product from the results that appear uh, from the widget. You'll then be taken to an Amazon landing page. You'll then be able to, of course, make your purchase uh, with your Amazon Prime or Standard account. There are no hidden fees or charges. And in the process, you'll be using our Amazon Associate link. We are very proud of our relationship with Amazon. And in the process, 
of making your purchase. You'll be able to help us out as Amazon will, of course, provide a few bucks back to us to help cover production costs of this show. Again, no hidden fees, no hidden charges, and again, it helps us out. It's a very easy way for you to do so simply by doing your shopping on Amazon but using our associate link in the process. So please do, uh, again, first take the pod track survey that you'll find at FrugalSnobs.com, and second, you can help us out by, of course, um, going ahead and doing all of your shopping for Amazon through our associate link by following uh, the links that you will find at FrugalSnobs.com and using the search widget. Uh, to do your standard shopping on Amazon. So, all right, so good stuff this week. Uh, we also have, of course, our poll out there for everyone. Um, I have some decent response from that, and it looks like the poll will be closing, as I mentioned last week, on September 8th. So for anyone out there that has not participated in our poll in terms of what you'd like to see posted on the Frugal Snobs uh, site for blog content every Tuesday, please do cast your vote at frugalsnobs.com by simply responding to the poll. Uh, you simply go to the homepage, respond to the poll as to what uh, you'd like to see in terms of topical material on Tuesdays, submit your vote, and of course we'll consider it and begin rolling out new content in the near future each and every Tuesday. Now, right now we have a, a number of responses relating to career advice, and I think that's going to be the approach we'll take. We'll be posting more material around career advice. We also focus this show on career advice every week, it seems like, as well, and so we'll continue to do that as well in blog form by posting on Tuesdays. So please do keep the votes coming in. Again, the poll closes on September 8th, and your feedback is uh, absolutely critical to our success, and we can't do what we do without you. So, all right, those are the standard plugs uh, this week. You also enjoyed a QDR, a quick drink review at the top of the show, of course. And so um, go ahead and kick off this week's topic, um, as well as a story. So very interesting um, couple of stories this week. Um, what can I say, folks? Um, a lot of things going on, both from a work perspective and also, of course, from a, a personal perspective with the Frugal Snobs uh, project. And I also have an update for you guys in terms of what we're going to be doing with our social layer updates as well, as I mentioned uh, for the past couple of weeks. So I'll get to that in the tail end of the show. So story this week. Um, again, nothing really major happened uh, this week, but, um, you know, what can I say, everyone? Um what I can say is that just being around the D.C. metro, I think it's like this in many other metropolitan areas around the country, that unfortunately folks cannot drive. <laughs> what can I say? Um, we were able to, of course, as I mentioned last week, get uh, get the automobile back from the car accident. Uh, still sounds pretty, uh, pretty bad, and um, my story this week is basically we uncovered uh, by talking to the collision center that completed the uh, work to, of course, repair the auto after the accident that I had mentioned a few episodes ago. Uh, that particular collision center uh, did not use OEM parts on the car. That's original equipment manufacturer parts for those who need the, the lay words there. Um, and unfortunately, we think that that's what's caused some of the issues with the car, even though the car is running. Uh, still sounds pretty bad. A uh, little rumbling as well. It's not as smooth in terms of the driving experience. So, um, we were able to identify that the collision center did not use OEM parts, and uh, fortunately for us, as a little bit of a unique victory here, um, the collision center will be updating the repairs and performing new repairs using OEM parts. Those parts have been ordered, so a little personal win there. So there is some vigilante justice still afoot at the Frugal Snobs, and we're very happy to hopefully be able to get the, uh, the auto, the snobmobile as I call it, uh, back to operating condition and a peak performance very soon. So I'll keep everyone up to date on that. Now, the other uh, story I'd like to uh, tell 
and uh, I think many people heard at the top of the show in our quick drink review, is that uh, went bowling today. Um, bowling is something that I don't normally do, but again, went and enjoyed uh, some bowling, and it's part of the process. All I can say is that, you know, there's a there's a saying that in life, many stand-up comics are often asked uh, where they come up with material. Do they do they dream it up? Do they imagine it? Do they create skits or cue cards? In many cases, a stand-up comic is going to tell you the same thing that I'm about to tell you, and that is, when life happens to you, you just write it down. And in this case, folks, I had a very interesting experience today while bowling. Um, what can I say? There's people from all walks of life. We saw a lot of very interesting people today uh, while bowling, and of course, we had one very interesting experience where a gentleman decided to uh, scratch himself um, in a nearby lane, so in a very inappropriate way. What can I say? Um, you know, people are who they are. Um, and uh, I'm just glad that hopefully, uh, socially speaking, people will behave. But what can I say? Um, it is what it is. So two stories this week. First about the car, second about the bowling experience. And I do also apologize to everyone at the top of the show. I think everyone caught it in the quick drink review. I did, for the first time in many, many years, consume a Bud Light today. Now, I pride myself on providing reviews on some top quality micro-brewed and regional brewed beers each and every single week. But unfortunately today, I did have to consume a Bud Light. And for those of you who enjoy commercial beers, nothing against that. Anheuser-Busch and MBEV have some decent products, but it didn't work for me, folks. I'm very spoiled by these craft beers. So for those who are really leaning on uh, my expertise when it comes down to micro-brewed beers or regionally brewed beers, I apologize. I am not worthy, so to speak. I did consume a Bud Light. Um, but, of course, as a redeeming quality. I did make sure to head out to Cap City Brewing here in Northern Virginia uh, this afternoon after my Bud Light experience and kind of uh, wash it down, of course, and remove that experience with an a um, with with a an, an over this um, IPA at uh, Cap City Brewing. So again, I was very much over the Bud Light and enjoyed an IPA at Cap City Brewing. It is a microbrew. Go check it out for those in Northern Virginia. You can check it out at Cap City Brewing. Uh, it's available on tap, so do go enjoy that. Again, 5.8% uh, ABV, I believe, uh, as well as uh, 66 IBUs. So not too terribly bad, decent IPA. Go check it out. All right. So a couple of stories this week. Again, very mellow evening here. I'm actually recording this show at around 9 p.m. Eastern time, a little later than typically um, I've been recording this show in the past. So I'm going to go ahead and get through the bulk of our topic this week, wrap up with an update on the social uh, layer to FrickleSnobs.com, give you guys an update as to when beta testing will go out, and we'll go ahead and wrap this show up and send it out for your enjoyment um, this evening, and you should be able to enjoy it as of Sunday, uh, September 6th. So I hope everyone is enjoying the Labor Day weekend. I certainly am, and let's get into our topic. So from what we've heard from feedback uh, from our listeners and also from our readers on the blog is everyone would like to have more career advice. So that is my intent on this show every single week. So this week I'd like to talk about transitioning. Uh, this week's topic is transitioning. And what I mean by that is transitioning from one uh, position or one role in a certain industry to another. Now, it's very difficult for many people to make the jump, so to speak. I think a lot of people, whether you're in your early career, mid-career, or in your sunsetting years of your career, for those of you in the sunsetting years, I congratulate you on years of service in your industry. Definitely respectable, commendable as well. Um, but for those who are looking to jump ship or to learn new things, I think it's a good idea for everyone to learn how to best transition um, 
in your career and how to take the skills you have from one position to another. And we've talked about this a little bit in previous episodes of the Frugal Snobs. And again, as I always say, we have a philosophy of the Frugal Snobs, but there's a means that keeps us going and keeps the funds coming in and uh, helps us produce uh, content on the Frugal Snobs and helps us to support our philosophy of being frugal but also living well. And the way that we do that is through our careers, of course. Um, now, one of the the, the uh, tenets of my career that I pride myself on is being able to transition well between different industries. Now, I myself work in information technology. It's a very broad industry. There's a number of different facets to it. There's healthcare IT. There's government IT. There's information assurance and security. There's network management, uh, network administration. There's software engineering. There's quality assurance. There's uh, sales engineering. There's account management. There's uh, pure IT operations. There's a number of different tenets or facets to working in IT or in technology in general. And there's a number of industries that are that way. There's a broad umbrella that's cast over a number of different positions or subsets of activities within an industry. So one of the ways that you can build your career is through transitioning between different roles in different sectors of a particular industry. Now, I myself, of course, came to a role here in the Northern Virginia area working for um, a, an information assurance and management company based in Austin, Texas, but working as a remote consultant to an arm of the DOD. Um, really enjoyed my role, but I also came into this role from a sales engineering role from a private sector company in IT service management, so help desk software. So it's a very different role for me, but I've also been able to transition my skills from one role to the next, my tech skills from one role to the next, and I think often people need to break down their skill set and identify what skills are, are portable between different roles and really leverage those in your new role to build value in that new role. One of the keys to any anyone being successful in a new role is always trying to find where do I build value the quickest in this role? How do I make an impact? Again, not how do I take credit or how do I alienate myself or differentiate myself in a negative way from those around me, but how do I work with the people around me to transition into the role, to ease into that role, and then to be effective over time? So. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to talk about in transitioning is um, I often ask myself a number of questions, and one of the questions I often ask myself, at least, in self-referencing here, is where am I now? What am I doing now? Am I doing tech support? Am I doing consulting? Am I doing uh, documentation updates? Am I doing software development? Am I doing product management? What am I doing right now? What little pieces in my role touch different areas or different roles in the organization? Obviously, no one ever says it's not my job, and I think it's a very negative connotation for many people. I think in your role that you should always never say it's not my job, but also understand where your limits are, where the boundaries of your role lie, and try to do what you can in what you're doing, but also hand off certain activities to people that are uh, really more focused in that area or subject matter uh, experts in an area, and hand off those activities um, accordingly. But at the same time, I think everyone needs to focus on where are you now? Where am I now? What am I doing now? What do I know? What have I learned? What am I using that I that I have as a soft skill that I've transitioned into this role with? And how have I developed not only that skill, but new skills? And in my role, I came into my role with a very um, heavy sales engineering background, which means that I was basically a, a salesperson within a software company. But I also did development of proof of concept. I also answered RFPs or RFQs. So in that case, I became much better as a technical writer and as a, a sales writer, so to speak, of, of leveraging and identifying and communicating the values and benefits of our solution. Now, I took those particular skills into my current role in terms of documentation updates for our customer. Uh, being, an, again, an arm of the DOD, 
I was able to update our documentation with more clear examples, with more clear directions and instructions, and also identify the business value or business purpose in what our software does. It wasn't a black box, uh, so to speak. We, I, I was able to take the documentation for many of our products and break it down into the components and explain to the customer why they're performing certain actions. We have very complex software in identity assurance and identity management, so um, it's very difficult sometimes to communicate the value of a piece of software or a solution platform easily when it comes down to having so many moving parts. So that's a, that's a, a skill that I, I've developed where I am now, so to speak. Right? So I think everyone needs to focus on where are you now. And the next thing you need to focus on, I think, in many cases, is where would you like to go? What would you like to do? Um, in my case, there are certain other avenues I like to pursue in my career. Again, in my early 30s, I have quite a few working years left. So I always try to take certain skills from a given role, enhance other skills, and also then transition into a new role within either my own organization or another organization, right, to, to build the career, to build the skill set, to build the, the legacy that I'd like to leave in my industry and to know that after, let's say, 20, 30, or 40 working years, I, I'm leaving a decent legacy. I was happy with the work that I produced. So I always look at where would I like to go? What would I like to do next? What is my next adventure, as I often have said on this show? Um, and then I look at, okay, now that I, I, I find out where I would like to go, for example, if I wanted to be a technical project manager or a sales director or an account manager within a, a particular area of software or within an industry, I can look at the customer-facing skills I've developed in my existing role, my diplomacy, my ability to deploy solutions, technically speaking, but also work hand-in-hand -hand as a consultant to my customer and helping them deploy the solutions as well. Customer success is the core of what I do. And now that I know that, I know what I'm doing where I am, I know how to build that customer success capability within myself, and I'd like to carry that into my next role. Where would I like to go? Would I like to be a client relationship management uh, professional? Would I like to work um, in the areas of account management? The skills I have today will help me get to where I'd like to go. And that brings me up to my next point, which is how do you get to where you'd like to go from where you are? How do you map that skill set? And one of the ways that I do that is I sit down and I break down my skill set that I feel I've developed in very general terms. In other words, I break down skills that I believe are portable or, or can be carried to multiple industries, regardless if it's tech or not. Maybe it's business operations, maybe it's business analysis, maybe it's engineering, maybe it's economic analysis or financial analysis. What skills do I have? What soft skills? Am I a decent communicator? Can I create a business proposal well? Can I write well? Can I create documentation that's clear? Can I persuade others around me uh, to take on a project or to take a certain course of action? So I always look at where I am, where I'd like to go, how I transition to get there, and then on top of that, I also look at what my options are. How do I take the skills that I have today and transition into something else? And a good example of that coming from um, identity assurance and identity management is I work currently for a federal customer of my company. And again, I work very heavily in the um, information assurance and management uh, sector for, um, again, an arm of the DOD. So there are certain uh, requirements that we have to abide by in our roles in deploying um, specifically customized software for the DOD that I could port to other areas such as, such as healthcare IT through HIPAA, right? So I understand more about identity assurance, identity privacy, security, and I can then carry those skills into IT healthcare uh, based positions. So anything that's based around healthcare IT, 
I can also look at my current position of understanding security, understanding information protection, understanding, understanding PII or personal identification information or PHI or personal health information, understanding how those particular areas of information differ, how I can protect those areas of information through HIPAA, for example. I can then carry my current skills into a new skill set. So you should always understand not only where you are and where you'd like to go, but how you transition there. What skills are portable? What general skills? What communication skills do you have that you can carry on uh, to that new position uh, as well? Now, what I'd also like to cover here, uh, and again, I'm moving quickly through this topic this week. Again, it's going to be a shorter episode, but I hope it's impactful for everyone and useful. Um, not only do you want to identify how you'd like to get there, but how do you take the skills you have and create depth in those skill sets, right? So what skills do you have that are your core soft skills that you can build into other skills or to create depth? For example, if you're a project manager at a company or a product manager, for example, how do you build your leadership skills? You probably built them over years getting into your role, but how do you add to that arsenal in your new role? Or how do you build it in your current role so that you can leverage that in a new role? So never think that skills atrophy, folks. You should always look at at creating depth in that skill to say, I'm not a master yet. I, I, I'm not a sensei yet, so to speak, of this particular activity or this particular capability or this skill. I can always build and deepen my skill set in my core skills. And then, of course, finally, I'd like to talk about how you can build new skills. Now, um, again, in my role, as I've mentioned before, I can take my skills that I currently have and leverage them in, for example, healthcare IT. I'll stick with that example. But I can also learn more within that role. I can learn more about how cloud security works. We've all heard about cloud computing, folks. So I can learn more about how personal health records um, or emergency medical records, EMR records, are stored. How are those records uh, kept secure? How do we identify that a particular record belongs to a patient? How do we verify and validate the identity of that particular patient, for example? Or how do we validate and verify the identity of that patient to their physician, their primary care doctor. Again, this is all done through identity assurance and management. So I can immediately see parallels between my current role and a means for getting to where I'd like to go. From there, also identifying what core skills I can deepen, what diplomatic skills can I create, who do I need to build relationships with in my new role, for example. And then I can also use my current skills to build new skills, as I mentioned before, understanding how EMR works or emergency medical records. And then also I can identify how I can use my identity assurance and management skills to layer in the verification, validity, and also the authenticity of a particular uh, patient's records or information based on their identity so that their physician can basically review their chart or medical records with confidence. Right? So I basically just walked through a very quick example of how we can do that. So never let your skills atrophy, everyone. Just because you haven't used a skill in, let's say, 10 years or 15 years or 5 years or whatever the case may be, it doesn't mean the skill goes away. It just needs to be resurrected and it needs to be brushed off a bit, updated, and then deployed in your arsenal. Again, at the end of the day, everyone, I understand most folks out there may work for, for organizations. You may work for a large or small company or you may work for yourself as an independent consultant. I did that for years as well. I applaud those who have taken the risk of going into business for yourself, but always understand that at the end of the day, you work for yourself. And I want to basically drill that into everyone. You work for yourself at the end of the day, so do keep that in mind um, as you're transitioning, not only between organizations in the public or private sector, but also if you decide to basically roll away from the public or private sector and basically go into business for yourself, 
What do you know? What have you learned? What have you developed over a 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, you know, plus years? In some cases, for some folks who are over 70 working, I know many folks who actually are. What have you developed in those 20, 30 plus years that you can then use in the, in the endeavors that you'd like to pursue on your own? So again, always be courageous, always be bold, always take calculated risks, but understand that transitioning effectively becomes part of that. There may be stress involved, but at the same time, I think the outcomes are going to be stupendous and, and excellent if, if you handle the, the stress of the transitioning and the management of that transitioning and learning about yourself all, all the better. So always learn more about yourself, learn where your limits are, as I have mentioned on this show, but also understand where to push those limits. And then also learn more about how you best learn, how you best feel comfort in your role, and then understand where your comfort zones are and then push those. That's right. I said everyone should push their comfort zones. It's how you grow and how you develop. It helps you build relationships. It helps you deepen your skill set. It helps you understand um, your role a bit better, understand the activities and the actions of your role, understand where you bring value, as I had mentioned at the top of the show. So always focus on what you can do to transition, how you can use the transitioning between roles to bring value immediately and long-term in the organization where you'll be joining or working with as well. And then, of course, mature those skills, build new skills, and always be confident in the skills you develop. Always focus on developing those skills around a career plan as well. Are you doing something simply because you're curious or are you doing something to advance your career? Always keep that in mind. All right, so I've spoken quite a bit already on this topic, so I'll go ahead and wrap that particular topic up. If you'd like to drop us a comment, please do so at contact at frugalsnobs.com. We'd love to hear from everyone um, about this particular topic. If you have any updates on uh, how you feel about the topic or give us any pointers or other information you'd like to discuss, or even if you'd like to provide a guest column on frugalsnobs.com, I'd even open that up at this point. So again, send us an email. Tell us what you think at contact at frugalsnobs.com. Okay, um, in addition to that, before I jump into the updates on the social media uh, platform, platform that we're developing for Frugal Snobs. I'd also like to state here, of course, you can always tweet us as well. Twitter handle, of course, is Frugal Snobs, all one word, all lowercase. So again, send us a tweet. Um, and of course, use the hashtag uh, Frugal Snobs, all one word, all lowercase. And we'll be able to, of course, track that discussion on Twitter. All right. So moving on to the social media component, um, as I mentioned before on this show, the past couple of weeks, we've been having some really productive production meetings on Tuesday evenings. And we're developing a prototype um, of a social experience for everyone. And what we're developing here is the ability for our users and our enthusiasts of our content and this show to register for a user account, of course, at frugalsnobs.com. From there, you can build a profile, which is similar to a Facebook profile. Um, I would liken it to that, at least at this point. From there, you can also, of course, post the content that uh, you find around the web or also your thoughts on your wall. You can also share, of course, your thoughts via email through other social platforms, including Facebook and Twitter as well as, of course, with other users that are part of the community for Frugal Snobs. So we're looking forward to that. We're also uh, finishing up some touches on being able to embed video um, as well into your post. And we're also looking at possibly working with a geographic location engine, which for those who opt in to allow us to, to basically receive demographic data, data from you and location data, you would have the ability to, of course, post your most recent deals, or your most recent updates based on where you are at any given time and can share that content with other users. For example, I found Killer Pizza at, you know, um, let's say a fictitious restaurant here, let's say Lola's Pizza, and here's, of course, a menu as well as the, the key pricing for any offers they offer right now. And then the way other users can then use the geographic data, find where you went, 
and of course experience that same deal. So we're looking forward to getting not only our, our content additionally pumped out, of course, as we do every day, but also involving everyone in our user base and our listener base and providing us more content, really building the community for Frugal Snobs a bit more um, organically, and then, of course, also allowing users to share content freely and openly. And, of course, as always, as the co-creator of the Frugal Snobs project, I'll be throwing out some additional information as well um, in terms of where we found some decent deals. Now, um, I also wanted to mention to everyone that the beta for this, the social layer for Frugal Snobs will be coming. We're slating a date of, I believe, October 1st to get a beta prototype out. Uh, if you'd like to be a beta tester for the social content layer, uh, by all means, please send us an email, as I mentioned before, to contact at frugalsnobs.com. In your subject line, please place uh, the words beta test social media. In uh, the subject line, we'll be able to take a look, uh, see if we can screen you a bit. We may get in touch, talk to you a little bit as to what you'd like to achieve in the beta testing give you a rundown of how what we're expecting out of beta testing and user acceptance testing. And from there, you can then sign up to be a beta tester of the functionalities that we look to deploy here uh, in late September into October. All right, so that being the case, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this week's episode, episode 17 of the Frugal Snobs podcast. As I had mentioned, I hope everyone is enjoying the Labor Day holiday weekend. Um, again, you can find us at frugalsnobs.com, as I had mentioned before. Um, on Facebook at facebook.com slash snobs, on Twitter at twitter.com slash snobs, or at snobs, and of course use the hashtag snobs, all one word, all lowercase. You can also find us on Tumblr at snobs.tumblr.com, and of course, as always, your demographic uh, details help uh, by taking the PodTrack survey, responding to the poll at snobs.com, and of course doing your shopping on Amazon by using the Amazon search widget, and of course helping us out by kicking back a few production bucks to this show. That being the case, I'm going to go ahead and sign off this week. I hope everyone, again, as I mentioned, enjoys the weekend. Be well, never pay retail, and of course, as always, folks, we will see you down the road. Take care, and until we speak again, uh, be well, never pay retail, and as I always like to say, take care and be safe. Thanks, everybody.